Hebrews chapter 7 we're going to begin at verse 11 I'm just going to read a few verses of course we can't read the whole chapter because of time so I'm going to break in at verse 11 if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood for under it the people received the law what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron for the priesthood being changed there is made of necessity a change also of the law for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar for it is evident that the Lord sprang out of Judah of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood and it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment but after the power of an endless life for he testifieth thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof for the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh to God well there's so much there we could talk about one of the things that I want us to notice of the two things in particular I want to say that we find there about another law in verse 12 so because the priesthood was changed so the Levitical priesthood came to an end and you know that Aaron who was the high priest was a Levite God brought it all to an end and established in Christ who is our high priest of and he's the mediator we re we covered it last week he's the mediator between God and man and he's the mediator of the new covenant you'll read that in Hebrews chapter 12 he is the mediator of the new he's the, our high priest and this goes in to talk about the high priest who is now after the order of Melchizedek and you'll need to go right back and it mentions it briefly in this chapter and the previous chapter in chapter 6 about go back into the time of the Old Testament into Genesis 
And I don't want to go spend too much time on this because our time is being eaten away by tick, 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 tick. And uh, Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. And he came out to Abraham and offered him bread and wine after a certain battle. I don't want to go into that because we could be here quite a long time. But what I want to say is there's a new priesthood now. It's been changed. And what's also been changed is it changed the law. It's necessary a change also of... So the law that we had, the Old Testament law, has now been changed. So there's a new law, and I want us to look very, very quickly into that. But keep your finger in Hebrews chapter 7. Go into... Oh, these, these ribbons, they're rather awkward. So if you go back into, into Romans chapter 8, just briefly, I want to show you how the Lord has changed. Okay. I'm right at the beginning of the chapter, in verse 1, we find there's a new law. Okay? I'll just get into the right book. We won't find it in Acts chapter 8, that's for sure. This Bible is learning to tolerate me. Because it's new and it's very floppy and very thin pages. So there we go, got there now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, that's the Old Testament law now, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. A lot to read here. So this is the, the law, it's the law of the Spirit of life. There's a new law. It's called the law of the spirit of life. And it's in Christ Jesus. And we can't know it unless in verse 1 we read, we are in Christ Jesus, see? To them which are in Christ Jesus. So the law of the spirit of life is in Christ Jesus. And you can only know it if you're in Christ Jesus, okay? This is the new law. It's the law of the spirit of life. The old covenant was a law unto death. Do you know that? Very clearly stated in the New Testament. 
The Old Testament law brings death. And you can read in chapter 7 of the same book where I'm quoting from now. Okay, so I want to leave that now. I wanted to read a lot more. So it's the spirit of life. Okay, so just pop back into Hebrews just briefly where we were. I want to take you with me, you see. I don't want to leave you behind. <laughs> so I want to look again into verse 16. So we've seen where the new law is. There's been a change in the law because there's a new priesthood. And Jesus is now the high priest of the order of Melchizedek. He's been, in verse 16, who is made. Well, that word made should be really translated... Um, ordained that's really what it means who is ordained not after the law see this is the law what we talked about the old testament of a carnal commandment that's the old testament law carnal it's temporary it's of the flesh it doesn't last okay temporal but so he's ordained after the power of an endless life. You might say, what are you talking about? Melchizedek is ordained after the power of an endless life. His priesthood is to do with power that lasts forever. A life that lasts forever. You understand? And in that life, there's power. It's the power of an endless life. Five, we read in Acts chapter 1, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of Jesus, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, they'd missed the whole point. They, this is the carnal. This is the fleshy. This is the temporal speaking. These disciples have not yet got the power of an endless life. Jesus is ordained after the power of an endless life. So he says to them here in verse 7, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. You might have power. The word should be authority. But you shall receive power. And this is power. It's the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamo from, where we get the word for dynamite. It's explosive, if you like, okay? But he says here, you shall receive power. The power, and this I'm translating it as it should be, you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. So now we have got, moving from their understanding of an established something on earth, Jesus says, don't think about that. I've not come for that. But you 
shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. They were to receive power, dunamis, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life. What did we read? Hebrews chapter 8, if you are in Christ, there's a law, the law of life in Christ. He's talking about life, see? Melchizedek, Jesus Christ, after the order of Melchizedek, he's been ordained a priest forever. The power of an endless life. The power of a life that never ends. Your physical life will end. My physical body will die, or give up the ghost, and decay into the soil, as every human being as since Adam and Eve disobeyed God's commandment. So, God wants to give you eternal life. He wants you to have the power of eternal life. And that's why Jesus came and died. Because he knows that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and everyone's going to perish eternally they won't have eternal life so Jesus came to give you and I eternal life and that's why he says to his disciples who obeyed his commandment to stay in Jerusalem they received the power of this spirit of the endless life Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, or they, referring to his people, I've come that they might have life and have it in abundance. This is a different life than you've all, you were born with. This is an altogether another life. This is the power of an endless life. And if you receive the Holy Spirit, like these people did, they'll become witnesses to Jesus. Not witnesses to this, that, or something else. You shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit cannot die. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit will last for eternity. You understand? And you've got to receive his life in you to know that law of the spirit of life which never dies because it's the power of an endless life. You've got to receive the power of an endless life. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost. These men, up till now, they were thinking, 
Oh, you're going to restore the earthly, flashy, carnal system that's been destroyed by this, that and the other. And the Romans have come in and, you know, they've all come in over the centuries, Assyrians, Assyrians and different people, and carried them away to Babylon and this sort of thing. So, well, now are you, you going to come back? Now are you going to establish? Now that you're risen from the dead... Are you going to establish this earthly kingdom? He said, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive another kingdom and you're going to be brought into another kingdom. It didn't say that there, but that's the truth of the matter. And I must try and stick to this. So, he said you're going to receive the promise of the Father in verse 4. But wait for the promise God's promise through Jesus Christ to give us the power of an endless life go into chapter 2 in verse 33 I think I put there to 39 chapter 2 33 now this is Peter talking to all the Jews and the, and the proselytes who'd come up to Jerusalem for the feast of Pentecost and in chapter 2 and verse 33 though I suppose I should go before that let's let's go to 29 men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried he didn't rise from the dead he's dead and he's still dead and he's still buried to this very day. And his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Well, maybe I'm <laughs> preempting what he's going to say there. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that the fruit of his loins... Now, this is that one that came from the tribe of Judah. We read it of Hebrews, not of the Levitical priesthood but from the tribe of Judah God had sworn by an oath that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would rise up Christ to sit on his throne he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up wherefore of whereof we are all witnesses therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise the promise. Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. Well, this is the promise. The promise of the Holy Ghost, which he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. The promise of the Holy Ghost. For David... Sorry, I broke in there. Shed forth this which you now see in here. For David, in verse 34, is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself that the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. 
Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized in water, I'm putting that bit in, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift. What gift? The gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, the promise of the Holy Ghost, you see? For the promise of the Father, the promise is to you and to your children and all they that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this is the promise that God promised Jesus, the promise of the Father. Go into John. Gospel. Two references I'm going to look at quickly. We're all right for time. Because I know what I'm going to say, you see. So what I got there? Chapter 14. Let's look at chapter 14. Let, I want to make this absolutely clear about this power of an endless life. It's all right. I'm not worried, I can assure you. So in chapter 14, verses 15 to 20, okay, and I want to, I've said this before, and I want to emphasis, emphasize this again. Verse 15 of chapter 14 of John's Gospel, If you love me, keep my commandments. This, this is the prerequisite. This is the condition for receiving the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? You've got to keep his commandments. And I will pray the Father, or pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you shall know him, for he dwells with you, but shall be in you. This spirit, called the comforter there, but he goes on to say, the spirit of truth, that's who he is, the spirit of truth. He's not another spirit, he's the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is God the Spirit. And Jesus is going to ask his father, if you keep my commandments, I will pray to the Father on your behalf. And he shall give you the spirit of truth. And he'll stay with you forever, and he shall be in you. This is the promise of the Father. The Father promised to Jesus, I'm not putting words into God's mouth, but it probably, I'm, I'm a human being, so I'm not God, in case you wondered. They probably had, or didn't, 
some sort of conversation like this, or didn't, okay? Adam and Eve, who I created to have fellowship with, to love me and, and I should love them, they've decided to disobey my commandment. Remember that word, commandment. Thou shalt not eat of the fruit thereof. Son, what are we going to do about it? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll have a little chat, and the father and son have a little chat. I'll go down and I'll redeem them. I'll come into their world, because this world that we're in, God never created. That's a man have created. He created the earth. He didn't create the world. This is what man has created. I'll go down into their situation and I'll redeem them by my blood. If you promise, or maybe you probably didn't say that, you give them the spirit to make them holy and clean and pure so that I can go and live in them forever. They probably didn't say that. But you get where I'm coming from, I hope. Because Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. So something happened in the Godhead where a decision was made. I don't know, I'm not God, I'm just thinking as a human being. Where something happened where Jesus agreed to be slain to redeem you and me to God. But he, ha he wanted, God wants to give you and I his spirit. And it was the promise of the Father. If you do this, Jesus... I'll give them the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is saying. If you keep my commandment, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter, even the Spirit of Truth, verse 17 of chapter 14 of John's Gospel, whom the world can't, the world can't receive. Nothing to do with the earth. It's a different word. I'm not going to go into all that. Because it's tease him not, neither know him, but you sh know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I carry on reading a bit more. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live. See, this is the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. This is the power of an endless life he's talking about. Because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to go away a little while. Then I'm going to come. And because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know. At that day, you shall know. that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's when you receive the Holy Spirit. God comes to live in you, and God cannot come to live in you, until you receive the Holy Spirit, and you will never receive the Holy Spirit unless you obey his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall send you another comforter. Even the Spirit of Truth who will 
be in you forever. Chapter 15. So just over the page. Verse 26. Two little verses here. He talked about the comforter and he mentions the comforter now in chapter 15 in verse 26. But when the comforter is come. See, it's going to be a time when the comforter comes. I like to sing that song. The comforter has come. Because he's come for me. When the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, ye shall testify of me. And ye shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That might boggle your mind a bit, but anyway. I will send him from the Father. And that's what we're reading there in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, which we just read. Now I'm going to make a big, big jump of faith. And I hope you've got a big leap in your heart because we're going quickly into the Ephesian epistle and we're going to go into chapter 1 of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. And we're going to read from verse 12. I have to be very brief because of time. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, if anyone is interested, you might think, well, I can't come because it's the night time and it's the winter. and it's the I'm going to start doing some very serious Bible classes for those who are interested. And I might even do them via Zoom. So it doesn't matter what time of day it is, but it won't be at one o'clock in the morning. I used to attend one o'clock in the morning Zoom teaching. And I decided on a Saturday, it was Sunday morning by one o'clock, and I decided, no, it's too much because I need to prepare for today. So I stopped. But I believe that God wants to teach people the truth. And those who have a hungry heart after God and want to know the truth as it is in this book, I decided, as God leads, to do a Bible class. So in verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 1, we read this, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So those who trusted in Christ should be unto the praise of his glory. I'd like to read more than that from before. We don't have time. So Christ is talking about, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed. See, there's a process. You trusted. You trusted because you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you heard the word of truth, you believed it. You believed in Jesus Christ. He said you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's the promise of the Father, which we read, which Jesus talked about. 
I will pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter. This is the promise of the Father that we read that Jesus mentioned in chapter 1 of Acts of the Apostles. Wait for the promise of the Father. You shall receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Come. This is the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you that if you think that Christianity is anything less than receiving the Holy Ghost, you have no concept whatsoever what Christianity is. Christianity begins in a person's heart, a person becomes a Christian, when they receive the Holy Ghost, because that is when the life of God comes into that person. God comes in them by his Spirit, and you can't live the right life of Christ if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, which is the same Spirit as the Spirit of God. There is only one Spirit. Chapter 4 of Ephesians, there is one Spirit, one Spirit, one baptism, which is the baptism into Christ's death. But That's why Jesus came to this earth to give you and I the promise of the Father, which is the power of an endless life. Please read your Bible. It's the only authority that's written that you should consult. Because it is the inspired written word of God. Don't rely on what men say. Read this book and be instructed by God. Would you do that? Otherwise you'll end up in all sorts of knots, confusion, delusions, deceptions, etc., 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 God has given us this book. People laid down their lives and were killed for translating it into, into English. They were killed. And people were killed who printed it. And people were killed who read it. Because the devil don't want you to read the written word of God. He wants you to be deceived and to believe in the doctrines of devils. And I've gone way off what I was going to say. The spirit of promise, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So let me say this, it's ever so clear. You can't know redemption if you've not been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what it says? It's very clear. You were sealed, so God says, right, you're mine. I'm going to seal you. You put a, a seal on something, you're saying this belongs to me. I wrote this letter, and on the back, I'm going to put my seal from my ring to say, it's his, I wrote this, 
and they're sealing it with wax. It's the same principle. God wants, God will seal those who are his by giving them the Holy Spirit. And those who have received the Holy Spirit, that have been given the Holy Spirit by God, the promise of the Father, they're the ones that are going to be redeemed. Do you understand? Pretty plain, isn't it? That's why I say, read your Bible. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, please try and stay with me if you can, and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is what he's praying for. I cease not to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, or better translation, full knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power 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 it's not power rangers it's the power of god it's the power of an endless life it's the power of the resurrection it's the power that comes upon a person when they receive the holy spirit God he wants to give you power. He wants to give us the power of an endless life that never ends. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This is the power of God. It's the power of the resurrection. This is the life of resurrection. It's the you see, they couldn't hold him in the grave. We could have gone back into Acts and we could have read, read, read it. The, the grave couldn't hold Christ. And he rose from the dead. And when the Holy Spirit, when a man and woman receive the Holy Spirit, they'll find in themselves resurrection power that overcomes all things. Fear, doubt, whatever. It rises up within them. It's the power of an endless life. The power of an endless life. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. God wants to give to you and me the power of an endless life. 
And it was in Jesus Christ when he rose him from, that was the power that rose Christ from the dead. And I think I lost my place in all the excitement of the moment. It's fine. We can find it again. Hallelujah. Which he, verse 20 of chapter 1 of the book, uh, epistle to the Ephesians, which he wrought in Christ. See, this, he's talking about the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. This power he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's where the power is. It's in the resurrection. He wants to give that power to you and to me. And set him. This is the power. It set him at his own right hand. This is what the power did. Okay? Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named and every... Uh, not only in the world, but also in that which is to come. So the world to come. And hath put all things under his feet and given him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I want to tell you that God can give you the spirit of an endless life, whereby you discover I'm risen with Christ above everything, every name that is named. Not only in this age, this is what it means, but in the age to come. You only got to turn over, I had no intention of saying this. It says, if you be risen with Christ. I won't go there because it's going to take up too much time. He says there, if you've been risen with Christ. So are you risen with Christ? I want to tell you, you can't be risen in Christ, with Christ unless you receive the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the Spirit, the power of an endless life. Then you'll know, I'm risen with Christ. I've got all things under my feet because I'm in Christ. I'm seated with Christ. That's what the scripture says. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. That's where I am. That's what Jesus Christ has done. And that's what this book says. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, you shout out. You shout out. But don't copy me, please. Is that where you are? Well, you can only be there if you receive the Holy Ghost, the power of this endless life. Oh, glory be to God. Chapter 3, we're nearly done. Chapter 3, verse 1. And for this Paul, oh, look at that before, the end of chapter 2, talks about a habitation of God through the Spirit. God wants to come and inhabit you, but he can only do it by his Spirit, and that's why you need to receive the Holy Ghost. So he can live in you. 
and so you can live in him. He shall be in you. He says, on that day I'll be in you. He's talking about the Spirit. For this cause, verse 1 of chapter 3 of Ephesians, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you nations, you Gentiles, that means those who are not Jews, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace of, of God, which is given me for, toward you, okay, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, which I wrote to you for in few words, whereby, whereby when you read, you, shall, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, but is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And you can't know the mystery of God, what Paul is talking about, unless you receive the Holy Spirit. You'll be fumbling about, what does this mean in the Bible? What does that mean? I don't understand. No, you can't understand it. Because we can only understand it as we read, by the Spirit of God, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs with the same body and partakers of his promise the promise the promise the promise the promise you shall receive the promise of the father the holy ghost partakers of his promised in christ by the gospel where of i was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of god given unto me by the effectual working of his power. You can't preach the gospel if you've not received the power of an endless life. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the nations the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent, or rather for this reason, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit. You've got to be, you can't be strengthened unless you have his Spirit. And there's a lot I've read there, and you, my, your mind might be going round in circles. 
Well, that's okay. Strengthened by his spirit in the man. And this is what God's after, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. Comprehend? What's that Spanish word they say? Is it Spanish? Comprehendi? Comprehend. Do you comprehend? You probably haven't understood a lot of what I've said, and I've gone very fast because I want to get to a point. Comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend with all the saints. This is what God wants you to comprehend. But you can't comprehend it unless you're a saint. And you can't be a saint unless you receive the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, okay? What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of God which surpasses, that's the word, surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it won't make any sense unless you know it. It surpasses carnal knowledge because he says you're to know it, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge in order that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, I'm going to finish with these couple of verses. You might be glad to know. Now. Not tomorrow. But now. Okay? Or as a consequence, I guess he's saying. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to to the power the works in him no the power that works in us the power of an endless life you've got to have the power of an endless life in you in you that's why Jesus went to the cross, that you might have the power of God in you. The power of an endless life that never dies. It's a powerful life. Nothing can overcome it. Nothing can deter it. Nothing can stop it. It's the life of God. The life of God who made the heavens and the earth. He wants to put that in you and me. And he does it by giving you the promise of the Father. If you obey his commandments. And you read in the Acts of the Apostles that God only gives the Holy Spirit to them that obey him. What a wonderful, marvellous, glorious truth. The power that worked in us, works in us, because they've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? That's where it is. I want to say that it's all in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's where the life comes from. 
And if you don't receive the Holy Ghost, you can't know anything of what I'm talking about. This is, the, this is why Jesus died. This is why he was crucified on the cross. Not just to forgive your sins, but to give you the power of an endless life. That's why he went back to heaven and he received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, as we read. And he shed forth this. We read in Romans, quoted it the other Sunday. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us, unto the saints, unto those who've received him. I want to tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you've got it absolutely cleared in your mind and anyone who's listening to this message, you're without the Holy Ghost, you can never know the life of God in yourself. You can never know what it is to have in you a life that cannot be destroyed or overcome. Isn't that what? You can go into any situation, every situation, you know that there is within me life that can never be overcome, never destroyed. Destroy my body. That's okay. Time's going. You can't kill the life. Nothing can. It's the power of an endless life. Father, thank you so much. You come to give us your own life. Lord, that we might be overcomers. As you overcame. You overcame death and you rose from the, amongst the dead by the power of the Father and you've come to put that power in us by your Spirit the power of an endless life Hallelujah Glory to your name Lord Glory to your name It's wonderful as the song It's wonderful what God has done Eternal life is in his Son and by his Holy Spirit free He's come to live his life in me. Hallelujah. You want to come and live your life in us, Lord. That's why you came. That's why you died. Help us, Lord, to believe and to obey you. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, even the spirit of truth which the world cannot receive because it doesn't know him and neither has seen him. But you have seen him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I want to tell you this morning that God is with us. The question you need to ask yourself, is he in you? Or is he just with you? You must receive the Holy Ghost.
to know the life of God in you. Father, we commit this word to you and we thank you for your truth so clearly written in your inspired scriptures, Lord. Our reference point to the truth. Glory to your name. Lord, I, I know your presence amongst us right now. If you want to call out to God, you want to ask God, now's your opportunity. I think we'll just wait for a few minutes. If you want to respond to the message that's been brought today to you, now is an opportunity.